Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, it's not that you needed any more hard evidence that Democrats are never to be taken seriously and their media allies. But I think yesterday, um, yesterday, that was it. That was the nail in the coffin of the small semblance of Democrat media credibility. Some Democrats thought they had left, not us. I've got more on that, including just mounds of video and audio showing you how these people say one thing, do another thing, and then pretend we're never going to notice. No, we'll notice here. That's what we do. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Don't let big tech track what you do online. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. Today is the also the last day, but not really the last day for intern Justin who I say last day because we had him a last day last time and he came back again. So it's like a temporary, temporary last day for Justin, who's going back to school. So thank you, Justin, again. So uh, this is like his third farewell for the show at <laughs> this point, but I'm sure he'll be back <laughs> again. But thank you, Justin. All right, let's get to it. I got a lot of material. I got that. I've got thoughts on the Ted Cruz situation. You didn't see it last night, man. Did you miss a doozy on the Tucker Carlson show? If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, it is Friday, so if you would, kind sir. It's Friday! Yeah. We haven't heard that in a while because we were on vacation last week yeah. for the first time ever in a long time, but it's good to hear you again. Fine, Thank you, sir. sir. Thank you for that. So Democrats are never to be taken seriously. Yesterday, on the one-year anniversary, uh, anniversary of January 6th, the Democrats lost their minds. Any semblance of credibility you thought they have left out the window, flushed that down the toilet, put it down the garbage disposal, that's gone. And the one guy who seemed to get it better than anyone yesterday, do we have Ron DeSantis strikes again? This is definitely a, a uh, Ron DeSantis strikes again moment. Check this out. <laughs> Shame on me. I didn't. That's not Key's fault. That's totally mine. <laughs> He always asked me, is this a Ron DeSantis strikes again? But given it was the beginning of the show, he was probably like, ah, probably not. Here he is. Here's Ron DeSantis on Democrat and liberal media hysteria yesterday about January 6th. This guy always gets it. Here, check this out. Today is going to be 
I mean, honestly, I'm not going to watch any of it, but 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 you're going to see the D.C. New York media. I mean, this is this is their Christmas, January 6th. OK, they are going to take this and milk this for anything they could to try to be able to smear anyone who ever supported Donald Trump. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, it's weird. Uh, you know, we never golden calf politicians and Ron DeSantis doesn't expect that. I, I you know, I campaigned for Ron DeSantis hard. Uh, good, you know, good guy, great guy, strong conservative. But he has been on the right side of just about every issue. Um, it's incredible. His political instincts are really second to none right now. What he's saying is, so the same Democrats who ignored the White House siege when President Trump was in office, when President Trump had to literally be evacuated to the bunker, it was that serious. I got the inside story there. It was more serious than, you even, than you've even heard in the media. They made fun of him. They thought it was funny. Bunker boy, all this crap. Because the media is garbage. The chop zone. Remember the chop zone in Seattle? Where, yeah. again, we're not talking in figurative terms. We're a bunch of communist fascists took over a section of Seattle and declared it an autonomous zone. Where was the insurrection talk there? No, the left were like, it's the summer of love. Like it was Woodstock. I think Joe played Woodstock back in the day. And then we had the siege of the Portland courthouse. (laughs) Joe was a musician. A good one too. The siege of the Portland courthouse for 30 days. They tried to burn it down with people inside the BLM riots. Democrats weren't concerned about insurrections, riots, or anything else. It's only January 6th they care about, which tells you this is all politics and has nothing to do with principle. So let's go to the most insane takes of the day. No need for any more delays here. Let's start at the top with Joe Biden with, I think, by far the craziest take we heard yesterday. Um, Again, I don't even think Joe Biden knows what he said. I'm not kidding. The man is clearly cognitively um, a mess the dendrites and the axons are not connecting. There are no neurotransmitters in the synapse anymore. Here's Joe Biden. Uh, remember, remember the rule, right, Joe? When Joe Biden says it's not hyperbole and not a joke, it means it's definitely hyperbole and it's 100% a joke. Here's Joe Biden comparing January 6th to the Civil War. Check this out. I've said it before. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole. Since the Civil War. The Confederates back then never breached the Capitol as insurrectionists did on January the 6th. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. (laughs) You know, again, this was supposed to be the great moderate who was going to heal America. Um, the guy's got a PhD in division. He's worse than Obama. He is clearly the worst president we've ever had in modern U.S. history. The guy's a disgrace. I'm not even going to play Kamala Harris. She absurdly compared uh, January 6th to Pearl Harbor and 9-11, which is offensive, disgusting, and an insult um, to the families of people who died at Pearl Harbor, to the memories of the people who died at Pearl Harbor, to the memories of people who died at 9-11. Um, I got a call from someone yesterday who was in the pit on 9-11, who was disgusted by this insult from this grotesque, horrible person sitting in the vice president's office. So the most insane takes of the day, there were a lot of them. I got a few more to get to. Again, just to show you these people have no credibility at all. If you think they do, you don't have any credibility either. Here is the dreadful Peter Baker from the New York Times, another clown, a guy nobody really takes seriously outside of the liberal rad- radical sphere. He said, hey, a year ago, uh, Representative Jamie Raskin, who is a uh, communist Democrat from Maryland, 
thought enough Republicans were outraged by what happened on January 6th that they might even convict Trump. Now Raskin is buying books on cults <laughs> to try to understand Republican colleagues who remain enthralled to the former president. So Democrat communist from Maryland, Representative Jamie Raskin, thinks Republicans are a cult from fa for failing to understand why President Trump had questions about the 2020 election results. Well, that's kind of weird because I did just a tad little bit of homework, just a bit. And I found this video of Jamie Raskin challenging the 2016 election, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. Weird. So Jamie Raskin's buying books on cults to understand why Republicans would challenge elections. He should do some introspection and talk to his psychiatrist about why he challenged elections. Maybe it would give him some answers on the Republicans. Here, check this out. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified because they violated Florida's prohibition against dual debate office holding. Debate is out of order. Section 15 and 17 of the Title III of the United States Code require that any objection be presented in writing, signed by both members of the House of Representatives, both a member of the House of Representatives and a senator. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. Again, it's, none of this is breaking. The point is to give you the ammunition you need to go forward and debate. When Joe and I initially formulated the idea of what this show was going to be, it was going to be a show you could fit into an hour on your lunch break or on your drive home, drive to work, drive home, whatever it may be, for you to have the material you need to, to combat the left when it comes to debating. That was the original idea for the show, and it still right. is to this day. It's not it really. I, I mean, we, we're satirical and we make fun of these people because they're lunatics. But I want you to make sure you never lose a debate to your leftist friends. So when your leftist friends tell you things like you Republicans challenging elections, you know, that that's anti-American. That's an insurrection. Well, was it an insurrection when Jamie Raskin and by the way, multiple others, that's just a video of the hypocrite du jour challenged the 2016 election? No, it was violence, riots at the, at, at the Capitol. That was an insurrection. What about the violence and riots in front of the White House? What about the chop zone? What about all that? And then they'll respond. I'll give you all the steps. They'll say, well, that's whataboutism. Say, yes, it is. It's what about principles. It's what about we're asking you about your principles. Your principles are supposedly don't attack seats of government, don't engage in violence, and don't challenge elections. Yet you've done and condoned all three. You've challenged elections. You've challenged government, the chop zone, and the White House. And you've engaged in violence. No, you don't believe any of that. So, yes, it is whataboutism. It's what about your principles you claim to have that you don't. Just stop the nonsense. Let's go through, by the way, a little history lesson here, if you wouldn't mind. We'll take a moment. Because then the Democrats will say, well, OK, well, challenging elections is one thing. But declaring the 2020 election illegitimate and rigged was a bridge too far. Oh, it was? Well, let's do some whataboutism again. So your principles, just to be clear, so we're doing a principles check, check, we're doing a principles check, are you can't dare challenge a president's legitimacy, what, after, during the inauguration, you can't do that, you should never do that. Okay, well, why did Kamala Harris do it? We always bring receipts, folks, always bring receipts. Here's Kamala Harris in an interview with Charlemagne, 
Charlemagne's a very popular radio host, an interview with Charlemagne where Kamala Harris agrees that President Trump is, in fact, illegitimate. Here, just listen for yourself. Elections matter. When you win an election, you get to set the rules. How can you win with Russian interference, though? That's, That's a real what I'm thing. scared about no, in 2020. But, but rightly. Because right. I think he's an illegitimate president that didn't really win. So how do you, you know, fight against that in 2020? You are absolutely right. So, again, as a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee, I will tell you that we should believe exactly what the intelligence community has told us, which is Russia did interfere in the election of the president of the United States in 2016. Folks, these aren't serious people. They've never been serious people. So when it gets to... The second and third order argument with your liberal friend, and they say no one dares question the legitimacy of the presidency. Say, yeah, well, actually, Kamala Harris on tape with an interview with Charlemagne doing exactly that. You missed that? I can send you to the Dan Bongino show, episode 1679 at the roughly 12, 13 minute mark and show you the video. Would you care to see that? Here's what they'll say to you after that. Well, that was an isolated incident, Kamala Harris. It was because here's Joe Biden on uh, video, digital recording doing the exact same thing when a woman at a rally tells him President Trump is illegitimate and is Vlad, Vladimir Putin's pal. Joe Biden agrees. Not only that, he asked her to be his vice presidential nominee. Granted, he's joking because we're not leftist morons, but he totally agrees and doesn't stop her one bit. Here, check this out. He's an illegitimate president in my mind. That's it. I, I think all the talk about impeachment, and what the Democrats should do, that's fine. It's theoretical at this point. Let them investigate. Let them subpoena. Let them go to the Supreme Court. He's illegitimate. And my biggest fear is that he's going to do it again with the help of Vlad, his best pal. And we're going to be stuck for six more years with this guy. And that is terrifying. It's terrifying. Would you be my vice president for candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Yeah, he agrees. He agrees. I thought, we're, I, I thought we're not doing that. I thought we're not questioning the legitimacy of the presidency. Folks, these people are not serious. They're clowns. They're jokers. Buffoons. They've always been buffoons. And just one more thing. I, I hate to do this two days in a row, but it's critical. So again, we are doing whataboutism because we're asking you to stand by a set of principles and you won't do it which indicates to me you're not making a principle argument, you're making a political one, and you're failing to acknowledge that. Finally, about the violence at the Capitol, which we have condemned violence here, and we will, always, always, because it's critical. We discussed it at length yesterday, the reasons why, outside of just the obvious. It's important. Democrats won't. They excuse violence all the time. Not only do they excuse it, they pretend it never happened especially when it's violence directed at Republicans. Why do they pretend like it never happened and cover for it? Because it benefits them. Because they need their shock troops on the street to scare the living out of you. Here, look, here's coverage of the 2017 inauguration of Donald Trump and all the violence that broke out then. Just a short clip, but just a reminder, a little history lesson, that yes, this actually happened. Check this out. You are both. Police had to push back the protesters so firefighters could get to the flames.
small fires had appeared all day, this upped the temperature, which of course was the point. One demonstrator threw a flashbang grenade back at police. It exploded in an officer's face. Plenty of tear gas, six officers reportedly injured. So folks, please forgive me if I'm not going to take moral lectures on political violence from people on the left who not only ignore it, but when it's addressed, they pretend it didn't happen and they paint over it with glossy terms like, oh, mostly peaceful protest. Listen, if 98 people show up at a rally and uh, 90 of them are marching peacefully and eight of them beat the hell out of people and firebomb the rest, it's not a mostly peaceful protest. Sorry, Jack. That's not the way that works. All right, here's what I want to get to next here. Uh, so what happened with Ted Cruz? I'll, I'll play you the video. He went on Tucker Carlson's show last night, which I give him credit for going on. But Ted Cruz had made some comments, which I don't agree with at all, that, there were, that January 6th was a terrorist attack, which it, it was a lot of things. It certainly was not a terrorist attack. That's insane. But he went on Tucker Carlson's show last night. I want to give you a little bit of inside baseball. I, feel, I owe you a, an opinion on the matter. It's a show we covered. This is a hot topic on the conservative space. I'll get to that in a second. Um, let me get to my second sponsor first. I'll play for you the video. And again, I'll give you some thoughts and I'll show you some evidence that this isn't as simple an argument as we think. All right. Not about what he said, but about him in general. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So the Ted Cruz situation. So he was up on Capitol Hill. He was talking about January 6th. And in a nutshell, he had said that it was a, a violent terrorist attack that elicited, obviously, a strong response from conservatives who feel like, again, it was a lot of things. A terrorist attack, it certainly was not. It was not an insurrection. These are ridiculous, hyperbolic terms. So Ted Cruz uh, went on Tucker Carlson's show last night to explain himself. Here's just a brief clip of what happened. I'll give you my commentary on the other side because it's important. It's not a simple uh, a debate about Ted Cruz as it appears. Here, check this out. So I guess what I, I mean, there are a lot of dumb people in the Congress. You're not one of them. I think you're smarter than I am. Uh, and you never use words carelessly. Um, and yet you called this a terror attack when by no definition was it a terror attack. That's a lie. You told that lie on purpose. And I'm wondering why you did. Well, Tucker, thank you for having me on. When you aired your episode last night, I, I sent you a text shortly thereafter and said, listen, I'd like to go on because the way I phrased things yesterday, it, it was sloppy and, and it was frankly dumb. And I don't and buy that. Result, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I don't well, buy that. For, look, I've known you a long time since before you went to the Senate. You were a Supreme Court contender. You take words as seriously as any man who's ever served in the Senate. And every word you repeated that phrase. I do not believe that you use that accidentally. I just don't. It's, so, Tucker, as a result of my sloppy phrasing, it's caused a lot of people to misunderstand what I meant. Let me tell you what, what I meant to say. 
What I was referring to are, are the limited number of people who engaged in violent attacks against police officers. Now, I think you and I both agree that if you assault a police officer, you should go to jail. That's who I was talking about. So a couple of thoughts on this. Listen, the, there's no excuse for saying that. There's none. Uh, it was not a terrorist attack. It was not an insurrection. He screwed up big time. You acknowledge that there. Um, just from a messaging perspective, you got to dump the misunderstanding. It's not a misunderstanding. Um, you said what you said and just say it was wrong. It's not a misunderstanding. That's one of those, it's not you, it's me thing. But I want to say about Ted Cruz, he's, he stood with us. Um, put up his Liberty score, if you wouldn't mind. Conservative Review, uh, my opinion, has the best measure of the conservative leanings of members of the House and Senate, the best. It's called the Liberty score. If you put it in a search engine, Conservative Review, Liberty score, comes right up. Very easy search feature. You just put in Ted Cruz, you'll see that he's one of the top members of the Senate. He gets a B, 82%. That's pretty high. There's only a few higher than him. Rand Paul, Mike Lee, and uh, a couple more who have higher Liberty scores than he does. Rick Scott from Florida, I think, is a couple points. But his, a B, B82 is, is, is a, 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 a letter grade of B and a number grade of 82%. Um, it's pretty good. So he's been with us before. He's been with us on the fights, and he's very smart. Um, I care about the do. The, the, the talk matters in politics, obviously, but to me, the do matters more. I mean, I would rather a Ted Cruz that acts with us, you know, 82% of the time and flubs, you know, what he says once in a while than a Lindsey Graham who says all this stuff and rarely, if ever, acts with us. Again, this is my opinion. I put up a locals post about it last night. I left it public. It wasn't for subscribers only. Um, and I said, listen, there's an unpopular opinion about Ted Cruz. I don't think we should throw him under the bus here. Uh, we should hold him accountable. Tucker did. You know, he apologized. I think he needs to clear that up too. But I don't think we should throw him under the bus. But it was necessary. Nobody gets a free pass, as I said yesterday, about anyone, any politician, even ones I really respect, Ron DeSantis and others. We don't golden calf anyone. They don't golden calf us. I say something dumb on the show. Believe me. Gee, do we get emails about it? Yeah, all the time. I say something you don't like. Trust me. We get commentary. I'm sure I'll get people who disagree with me on this, but I owe you an opinion. My show, am I going to run from a topic because it's controversial? But I don't think we should throw him under the bus. He's been with us. If we can get him 82% of the time. That's good. Uh, to me, the do always matters. I've only said, Joe, how long have we been saying that? Since 2015 when we yeah. started? The do matters. I need people who do stuff up on Capitol Hill. I used to joke. I'd say, I don't want to date these guys. I Really, I don't care. Oh, their personalities are so terrible. Here's how they I don't really care. I don't care about Donald Trump's tweets. I care about his regulatory reform. I care about him uh, going to the March for Life. I care about his tax reform package. I care about this war on the swamp. We better be engaged in if he gets reelected. I don't care about what he tweets. I don't. You may feel different, and that's okay. This show is not a monarchy. This show is me talking to you and you having channels to talk back. So just my thoughts on the situation. All right, let me, uh, let me move on. But that was a hot topic. I mean, I looked on social media, the Facebook, Parler, Locals, Twitter, the Ted Cruz, Tucker Carlson thing was nuclear last night. Did you guys see it? When it happened? You saw it? What did you think? Uh, he agrees with me. Wow. And believe me, when Guy doesn't agree. You saw it, Joe? Well, when I heard Cruz say that, I went, what the what? You know, yeah, it was yeah, like, I know. yeah. I know, because you and I have known him a long time. And it's like, yeah. uh, that's not his. And let me, can I just say one more? I don't want to beat this. I know Guy's like, move on. But one more thing. I know, because I can sense in his head. He's like, you got to move on. 
I got into a thing once with a reporter when I was running for office. I cussed this guy out. <laughs> I did. And a lot of people jumped ship on me after that. Not Ted Cruz. His people called and said, you know what? We believe in you and we're doubling down on our support. Not that that should influence what happened now, but that really said something to me. All right, move. Yeah, we need every fighter we can get. That's right. Gee, listen to my locals. We, need, we can't just throw everybody overboard. You know, Mike Lee has a Liberty score of like 94%. I think it's the highest in the Senate. And I still hear from people go, oh my gosh, you know, he said something about Trump a long time ago. Yeah, but he backed him up when it mattered. Like, the do matter. All right, moving on. So things we knew over a year ago that liberals are just figuring out right now. And remember, folks, we're the conspiracy theorists, us. Just showing you how you've been wasting your time on the Russia Rachel show, Chris Hayes, CNN, Brian Stelter, the New York Times and the Washington Post. If you were watching this show right here with us about a year and a half ago, you knew what the left and these left-leaning institutions like the NCAA are legit just figuring out right now. You were way ahead of the curve. The blaze, the great Chris Pandolfo, knew. Is it, just so you know the date on this, so I'm not messing him with you. January 6, 2022, yesterday. New NCAA guidelines equate natural immunity from COVID-19 infection with fully vaccinated. Oh, welcome to the party, fellas. You just figured that out now? They're like, hey, we got this thing in the body. It's super weird. Antibodies, memory B and T cells, macrophages and stuff, white blood cells, lymphocytes, eosinophils. Have you ever heard of that stuff? And the liberals are like, oh, hold on. Let me put it in my, he's like, um, what is the immune system, Alex, for five? Yes, they're just figuring this out now. Now, of course, if you've been listening to this show, you've known natural immunity is a thing. It's been a thing for a year and a half. And that there's significant natural immunity once you get over a coronavirus infection. We don't know how long it lasts, but we know it's there. You've known that for a long time. The NCAA just figuring this out now. Here's another one in case you think, oh, it's just limited to natural immunity. I saw this yesterday. I had a laugh. Archie Snowden. Again, the date's important. January 6, 2022. They just figured this out. Health experts warned to stop wearing cloth masks. Oh, oh the, the verdict is in. You guys are morons. Well, we've only told you this for a year and a half now that if you would have applied the money ball rule early, money ball, right? He's a good hitter. Why doesn't he hit good? What was our money ball rule with masks? If masks work, why aren't masks working? We asked that question for a year and a half. We were fact-checked. We were attacked as conspiracy theorists. That dipwad at the New Yorker, Evan Osnard. Oh, we got a piece coming out about him, too, which is fantastic, by the way. Wait, wait on that. The dipwad at the New Yorker. How dare you question masks? Questioning masks? How dare I question masks? Because if they work, why aren't they working? He was like, uh-uh. Oh, I never really thought about it, though. Of course you didn't. You're a journalist, which, you know automatically confers a sense of stupidity on you immediately. You just figure that out now that the cloth masks weren't working. You, you, you just got to that. You've been listening to the show for a year, for a year and a half, <laughs> for a year and a half. You would have been warned a long time ago that this mechanism, the left was telling you was going to protect you against infection um, was not. Now the Supreme court, I'm going to play for you a video in a second, by the way. Things are getting really insane in Australia. Australia has become a, uh, Australia is the new North Korea right now. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Really, I'm not kidding. 
Like, yeah. think about what the North Koreans do to their people. And then I'm going to play for you a cut by this North Australia health minister guy. And I want you to tell me, at least now, what's the difference? What's the difference? Before I get to that, though, big case today. Supreme Court is going to hear the vaccine mandates case, the OSHA and CMS cases. They're, su- they're two separate cases, to be clear. They're, they're being lumped in. The OSHA mandate by Biden was the one where if you have 100 or more employees, you have to either do a testing regimen or a vaccine mandate in your company. Okay, that's the OSHA one. The CMS one says that hospitals that get CMS funds, uh, Center of Medicaid, Medicare Services, you all have to get a vaccine mandate, too. It's going to be heard today. Supreme Court. Now, when are they going to rule? I'm guessing quickly because the mandates are supposed to take effect in just a few days. Uh, Wall Street Journal has a great opinion opinion piece on this. It's called Supreme's uh, Stake on Vaccine Mandates. The court's ruling will echo far beyond the current pandemic. Folks, why is this case, in a nutshell, super critical, important, this vaccine mandate case at the Supreme Court? Why? Because if this is allowed to stand and federal agencies like OSHA and CMS are allowed to literally out of, out of air, out of, out of nothing, create laws that did not exist and were not passed by Congress. It's all over, folks. It's all over. The Constitutional Republic is dead. Just creating new laws because the president said there was an emergency. Let me give you a scenario here. I'll get to the journal piece in a second, how they sum it up. What if Joe Biden declares a climate emergency tomorrow? Says we're banning all diesel fuel and standard fuel cars your car doesn't uh, operate on hydrogen or solar or electricity, um, your car's you're not allowed on the road. Oh, that's not going to happen. Really? It's not going to happen? Because there's no law about mandating you get a vaccine and inject the substance into your body either. Nation, but that's happening right now. So please spare me the that's not going to happen talk. If this isn't shut down now, this Chevron deference, administrative authority deference, forget it. The Republic's dead as a doornail. The Wall Street Journal says it like this, quote, the administration wants the Supreme Court justices to defer to regulators and uphold the mandates as necessary to protect Americans during an emergency. But emergency or not, federal agencies cannot exercise powers not granted by Congress, especially when they ignore proper administrative processes. Yes, sir. That is 100% correct. Federal agencies cannot invent new laws that were not passed by Congress simply because Joe Biden says there's an emergency. If the Supreme Court shuts this down in the next few days, it will be a bold step towards getting some of our republic back. Folks, it's not just about vaccines. It's a bigger case. All right, I'm going to get to this Australia video in a minute. Australia, North Korea. Australia, North Korea. I don't know what's worse right now. I'm going to play the video. You tell me what's different. Coming up next. Really disturbing, disturbing stuff. Saw this video from Australia, and we haven't spoken about Australia in a while, and I'm sorry to our... We have a significant audience in Australia. My sincere apologies. I'm not kidding. We've just had so much going on. I don't want to lose our friends over there. Folks, Australia is turning into one large prison colony. The the, the Cuba-style restrictions right now. Keep in mind... Australia has tried all of this nonsense before. Travel restrictions, mandates, social distancing, lockdowns. None of it has worked. They're having record cases right now. 
So again, the money ball rule, if lockdowns are working, why didn't they work? Of course, Australia wants to do them again. Maybe they'll work the 52nd time they've been tried. I want you to listen to this uh, health minister from North Australia. I want you to listen to him talk and hear about the things you can't do in Australia right now. And I ask you, what would be different than living in a totalitarian regime or a prison for that matter? No, seriously. Here, check it out yourself. I will now go through each of these decisions. First, the lockout. The fully vaccinated can continue as they were. For people who are not vaccinated, lockdown rules will apply to everyone 16 and above. If you are not fully vaxxed, stay home. You are at greater risk of catching COVID, becoming ill and needing hospital care. You may only leave home for three reasons. Medical treatment, including COVID testing or vaccination. For essential goods and services like groceries, power tokens, medications. To provide care and support to a family member or person who cannot support themselves. You cannot travel more than 30 kilometres from your home when leaving for one of the three reasons or the nearest practical destination. This is insane. He said this is sad. It is sad. It's, it's horrifying to watch to our brothers and sisters in Australia. You have this lunatic, totalitarian, wackadoodle, suggesting you can only leave the home. I wrote them down for three reasons. For medical care, to eat for food. Oh, gee, thanks, buddy. Um, and to care for someone who can't care for themselves. Notice what's not in there. Work, see your kids, school, education, entertainment, restaurants, nothing. And I'll ask you again. I'm not kidding. I'm asking you very seriously. What's the difference if you were in prison or living in a North Korean penal colony? In prison, you'll get medical care, you'll get food, and they'll allow you to care for someone else if something, if something happens in the cell. So what's, what's the difference? This, <laughs> you know what? Good point. Justin's like, no, prison's better. You get yard time, leisure time. You're right. Good point. Prisons, people in Australia are looking to go to prison. Prison's better. Prison's actually better than Australia. Tell me again how this stuff can't come here the supposedly free country of Australia. Tell me how it can't come here. Keep your eyes on that Supreme Court case, folks. This is serious stuff. The Supreme Court doesn't knock this thing down. Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, if they don't do the right thing, they're totally useless. Totally. The whole Trump appointment thing was a mess and goes out the window then. Do we have a fact checker clown show thing? We don't. Well, this is, Jim, this is definitely, because I always miss fact checker clown show on the radio program. This is definitely a fact checker clown show. I wanted to update you on this. You know I can't stand fact checkers or jokes. Um, they finally had to admit in court, Facebook, that their fact checkers are not fact checkers at all. They're only opinion writers. That's it. And their opinions are typically pretty stupid. Just quickly on this, because I got the questions to get to and a lot more material I want to cover, including the dreadful jobs numbers. So Tom Cotton, who's a pretty good senator from Arkansas, had tweeted out on March 8th, 2021, he said, on March 6th at 10, 12 a.m., the Senate voted on an amendment to exclude prisoners like the Boston bomber from getting stimulus checks. Every Democrat voted to send checks to prisoners and every Republican voted to stop prisoners from getting checks. Well, what happened? That total dipwad, embarrassing, humiliating, 
disgraceful human being, embarrassment to the cosmos, Glenn Kessler, the alleged fact checker from the Washington Post, who's beclowned himself so often, how this guy still has a job, even at the Washington Post, is very confusing. He decided on March 9th, just a day after, he decided it'd be a good idea to fact check that statement, that murderers and undocumented immigrants would be getting stimulus checks. And he called them, quote, hyped up claims, giving Tom, giving Tom Cotton two Pinocchios that the Boston bomber, that Jarniev guy, was going to get a check. Two Pinocchios for that. They were hyped up claims. This is a fact, this is a fact checker here. Here's Glenn Kessler, the embarrassment to the cosmos, yesterday on his Twitter account. Turns out Tom Cotton predicted correctly. Jokar Zarniev, the Boston bomber, did get a stimulus check. So here's the funny part. So we've adjusted the Pinocchio rating on this 2021 fact check. They put it down to one Pinocchio. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. We're not even talking that same one, guys. We're not, this is just a waste of my time. This really, this is the, the whole fact checking. It, it, it's really become an embarrassment. It really, ha- I really, I mean that. Not just an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the entire country. The fact that foreign countries think we have a media that's serious is really embarrassing. It is. This is the United States of America that the dumbest people on planet Earth, like Glenn Kessler, all managed to find their way into a journalism outlet. I'm not kidding is an intergalactic embarrassment. Aliens have to be laughing at us right now that they're like, wait, these are the people determining what truth is in a society supposedly full of smart people. The dumbest guy out there, Glenn Kessler, a guy who couldn't tutor your kids in first grade math is checking facts. That's of course, that's why they don't dare. They, they, we'd humiliate them. All right, moving on. Because I really, the stupid is just, it, it, it's, it's really hard to get your arms around. <laughs> yeah. So we have this file drawer we open once in a while, the old liberal from the liberals think we're bad people with ideas file. Remember, we think liberals are people with bad ideas. Liberals think we're bad people with ideas. So we have this file drawer, and I like to show you once in a while to indicate the fight we have ahead so you understand the terrain features of the battle, right? It's important to understand who we're dealing with. One of the lead nut jobs uh, talking heads on these left-wing media outlets is a total wackadoo called Ellie Mistal. Um, Ellie Mistal um, is kind of a doofus, uh, but he says things that really indicate where the left is going, and we shouldn't ignore Ellie Mistal. He's on MSNBC a lot. He's on this Democracy Now thing or whatever, and he's losing his mind that Trump and uh, is not has not been arrested, and that more people haven't been arrested for the Mueller report, which clearly indicated that there was no, no collusion between any American and the Russian government. And Bob Mueller, who also indicated that there was no legal basis for an obstruction of justice charge by Donald Trump. He told Bill Barr that. Yet, despite that fact and the fact that nobody's been charged because there's no evidence of any crime here, Ellie Mistal wants Trump investigated for the Mueller report. Still, he's still pee-pee hoaxing this guy. And he wants Merrick Garland to get on this stat. As if Merrick Garland's not radical enough trying to uh, ar- arrest and investigate parents who spoke up at school boards. Remember, he's doing this not because he has any ideas, but because he thinks you're bad people and he wants you punished. Check this out. This argument is exactly the argument they gave me about Robert Mueller. Oh, he's doing the he's st- crossing the T's and dotting the I's and he's going to come down the pipe. And, and Mueller did nothing. And quite frankly, if Garland wanted to prove that he was this guy, this 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 dedicated, dogged public servant who was going to pursue justice to the end of the earth, well, he's still got the Mueller report sitting there. Mueller outlined 
10 instances of obstruction of justice and didn't prosecute on those. Well, Merrick Garland could, but you notice that he's not. And so that's why I keep saying he can talk the game, but look at the man's actions. If he was willing to go after Trump for, 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 for crimes that Trump committed, he's already got the Mueller report, but he's not acting on the Mueller report, is he? So now he's going to say, like, oh, we're doing all the things to cross the T's and dot the I's about this other investigation that may, maybe, I mean, that's why, that's why I keep saying it goes back to trust. Maybe, sure, this, this great white institutional uh, um, liberal prosecutor will totally get Trump this time. Not like the last one who did, like, that's what you got to, that's what you're selling to me. And there are going to be people who believe that. Again, I'm just, I want actual evidence that this man is willing to take on the powerful, politically connected Republicans who did this to us. And so far, I don't see that evidence. Ellie wants people arrested for obstruction of justice crimes that never happened. That's who they are, folks. They think you're yeah. bad people with ideas. Don't ever forget that. That Bob Mueller report on obstruction of justice, he clearly told Attorney General Barr, Attorney General Barr said it publicly, that there was no probable cause of any crime for obstruction of justice. There was no crime. You know, just because a bank was robbed in Joe's neighborhood doesn't mean Joe robbed a bank. You can put out a bunch of facts and then say, look at these, like Ellie Missile, we got these 10 points of obstruction of justice. We got 10 banks robbed. Did Joe rob them? No, no, Joe was in Hawaii when I... So what does that have to do with Joe? Nothing. Right. There was no evidence Donald Trump or his team committed any crimes at all. And they indicated as much. Oh, the OLC memo. No, he said it wasn't the Office of Legal Counsel memo, Mueller, that got in the way. There was no crime. Mr. Stahl doesn't care. He just thinks you're bad people. All right. Um, you know what? Let me get to my last spot. And I might just watch the Examiner article. Folks, interest rates are going up. Oh, interest rates. Wait. No, no, no. You need to hear about this because it's going to hit your wallet hard. And it matters. And I want to get to your questions. We got a lot of good ones this week, including someone asked me if I was president, what three things would I, uh, would I pop on right away? We'll see. I had to think about that for a minute. Okay, just briefly, the Fed is about to raise rates, and this is a big deal. Interest rates are going up, uh, hopefully going up uh, pretty dramatically to crush this inflation tsunami we're looking at right now. The Washington Examiner has a piece up by Zachary Halishak. I encourage you to read. Um, please subscribe to my newsletter if you don't mind, bongino.com slash newsletter. It's free, of course. It just says sign up right here at that webpage. We really appreciate it. It says, here's what to expect when the Federal Reserve hikes interest rates. And it talks about a number of things. Uh, the obvious ones, your credit card interest rates are going to go up, auto loans. But folks, here's some things I want you to consider. I think the most devastating thing, critically, is going to be the housing market. They say in the piece that uh, given the potential for rising interest rates, consumers will be able to buy fewer homes for the same dollar as they can today. I've discussed this before, Joe, many times. You've heard this a thousand times. Folks, people bargain when they're buying homes on credit, which is the overwhelming majority of people, well, mortgage, they don't pay cash. Well, some do, but very few. People bargain on the monthly payment, not on the price of the home typically. You do the same with auto loans. That, and dealers know that. That's why, I mean, maybe an auto loan's a better example. That's why when the dealer comes out, the first thing they ask you is, or show you is the monthly payment. Nobody really cares about the price of the car within a certain band. I mean, obviously, you know, $2 million car, you're not gonna buy, you get the point. But they bargain on the monthly payment because there's so many variables that can go into that. What your trade-in's worth, obviously the price of the car. But one of the biggest variables is the interest rate. 
What I'm trying to tell you is people don't typically bargain on the headline price, but the monthly payment. If the interest rates are going up in the economy, which I'm telling you, they are going up and they are going to go up dramatically at some point soon when this inflation crisis gets out of control. The monthly payment on the home is going to be a lot higher. So if you came into a house saying, I can pay $1,000 a month for a mortgage, that's my limit. Forget about the price of the home, just the monthly payment. That bought you a whole lot more home at a 3% mortgage than it's going to at a 5 or 6% mortgage. You get my point? All of a sudden, you're downgrading for the exact same monthly payment. The price of the home hasn't changed, just the interest rate has. That's the point. You're going to get a lot less car and a lot less money. I've been warning about this forever. The interest rate is one of the single biggest variables for what your monthly payment is. Interest rate goes up, so does your monthly payment. If you're capped out at 1000 a month for a home or a car, that'd be some car, but 1000 a month for a home or a car, all of a sudden as the interest rate goes up, the, uh, the amount of car you can buy goes down and down and down and down and down. At a 0% interest rate, right? $1,000 a month goes to your mortgage. At a 1%, less goes to the mortgage, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All of a sudden, you're paying like 50 cents a month to the mortgage and the rest is interest. Less and less and less home each and every time. That's what's coming. By the way, watch as people start to dump stocks and move over to bonds as interest rates go up too. Big trouble ahead. You can read that. I encourage you to read the whole thing. All right. It's time for questions for Dan. All right. Thank you for the questions. You can always submit questions on my Locals account. Download the Locals app. You can follow me. I'm at DBongino. We're at 109,000 followers in just a couple months and a whole lot of subs. There's some subscription material. I do some premium content for people. You can check that out. So thank you for all the great questions. Let's get to question number one. Hey, Dan, I'm now noticing that politics is impacting my education on a serious level. It's impossible to miss the indoctrination of students who don't know any better. How do I work to help these students from being entirely lost? Folks, every, every conversation you have with everyone is a learning opportunity. How do you stop them? You actively engage. People say to me all the time, I don't want to do that. I don't like talking politics with my neighbors or my friends. Well, I say to them, do you like losing your country? No, I don't like that. Well, okay. Every opportunity is an opportunity for you to inject some sort of politics into it. I'm sorry. You asked the question. I'm giving you the answer. I don't avoid. Now, listen, I'm not saying inject it unnecessarily into like a sports debate. But when people are talking to you about things and issues that affect the day, make sure you make your stance absolutely clear. Absolutely clear. Every interaction with students is an opportunity to speak about the power of freedom and liberty. And you should do it. Don't run from it, ever. All right, let me get to question two here. Hey, Dan, fitness question. You seem to complain about your alligator arms often. I do. As you can see, um, they don't straighten alligator arms, right? Um, and their failure to reach places like scratch your ear, which I can't, well, I can reach this and I can reach that, but I can't reach that. So do you implement any stretching into your fitness life? I do. That's by King0017. Yeah, I do. Um, I go to this uh, stretch zone place and they do a really good job. Um, and I, I have a sauna. I use that to stretch out in there and it helps. But honestly, there's so much structural damage to my joints from the jujitsu and the boxing and the arm bars. It's only so much stretching. A lot of it isn't muscular. It's joint related, but I'm a big believer in stretching. I've read a lot of the research. It's hit or miss on it. I can only tell you it works for me. And after I get a good stretch, 
I sleep like a baby. I don't know what it does. Rewires your nervous system or what? I have no idea, but I sleep like a baby. So yes, I do stretch and it helps my situation at a minimum from getting worse. All right, next question. Hey, Dan, I've been watching your workout videos. Those are on Locals, by the way, if you want to see them. I take these videos in the gym on the weekends where I'm like sweating like a slob. What do you do to overcome discouragement? What would you suggest for someone in a state that has gyms relegated to having their users in masks? That's by R. McHenry. Listen, um, I, 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 I don't want to sound obtuse here. I get it that you know some people are hurting financially, but one of the best investments you can ever make in your life is a solid set of home workout equipment. You know, it's, it's funny when Joe and I used to do this podcast from the basement, Severna Park, little Joe used to come. He's not so little anymore, yeah. but he was somewhat little back then. And Joe used to work out on my equipment in the basement while dad Joe and I were doing the podcast. I've had the same equipment, a lot of it for 10, 15 years now. One of the best investments you, let me keep it real simple for you. You do not need, you, my, like I said, my brother just bought the Echelon treadmill. He just got it. He has a set of uh, adjustable dumbbells. He has a bench and he's got a pull-up bar in his house. My brother's in amazing shape too, by the way. And that's what he does. He gets up at five o'clock in the morning. He runs. He does, uh, he, he, oh, folks, with, with the internet, there's no excuse. You can legit put in a search engine, home workouts with dumbbells, and you'll get 22 million hits with videos. They're on Rumble. My friends at Raw Nutrition have an account on Rumble. Raw Nutrition, straight through. Check them out on Rumble if you want to see an awesome podcast I'm working out. They're fantastic. Subscribe to their videos. They're the, they're the green checkmark verified account. Get a home gym. I'd suggest kettlebells, a bench, a treadmill, or some piece of cardio equipment, and a set of adjustable dumbbells. All you need. All you need. Don't get discouraged. Your health comes first. All right, next question. Hey, Dan, by some 24 I often wondered what measures are in place to ensure there's no corruption within the Secret Service. Thanks and congrats on your success and 2 million followers. Thank you, BSOM24. Much appreciated. Uh, folks, you have to polygraph to get in the Secret Service, and there are constant, constant, um, I can't say too much here, but let's just say like <laughs> red cell efforts to make sure that people aren't doing things, you know, that they shouldn't be doing. There are internal efforts to make sure that everyone's policed and not doing the wrong thing. Are they perfect? No, we've had some mix-ups in the Secret Service, obviously. But the polygraph in the beginning weeds out a lot of people, and those integrity measures later on, especially your security updates, you get a security update. I think it's every five years. And believe me, they do an update. They start asking your neighbors, hey, has anybody been at Dan's house and expensive cars lately? It don't look like they belong there. Seriously, it's uh, pretty good. So are they perfect? No, they're not perfect, but they work pretty good. All right, next question here. Hey, Dan, how long did your COVID cough last? That's from C. Camp. asking for a friend. My COVID Rona cough lasted, what would you say, guys, a week and a half after I was done? About two weeks, maybe? But it got better every day. It was a cough-a-thon day one uh, and two, three, and four. And then after that, it was occasional. And then it was like once in a while, only when I laughed. And now even when I laughed, it, it went away. Um, you know, I have an albuterol inhaler because I had some lung issues after the cancer. That helped me. I'm not a doctor. I'm not telling you to use. I'm just saying after a couple of days of that, I think the inflammation went down. Again, I'm not prescribing any tree. I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what worked for me. You asked the question. So thanks. That's a good one. 
All right, next question. Just tell me when it's the last one so I know I never count these things. Hey, Dan, if you were president, what top three issues would you tackle and change? Jumpmaster4276. I thought about this. Number one, I would push for a flat or a fair tax. I prefer the fair tax. I do realize there are some political headwinds. The Democrats would attack. They'd say it's a national sales tax. It's not a national sales tax. That's stupid. Um, I think the fair tax is the best idea going forward. I would settle, however, for a flat tax as a second place finisher. Economic allocation, uh, resource allocation, the economy would explode overnight. Second, national reciprocity. National reciprocity on the firearm issue. You get a Florida permit, your exercise. One, I'd push for constitutional carry. First, let me just be clear. The Constitution is your carry permit, but we couldn't get that. Again, I don't like to be the perfect, the enemy of the good. I'd push for reciprocity. You have a federal permit in, uh, or, or a permit in Florida. You're, why isn't it good everywhere? It's ridiculous. And third, entitlement reform. Folks, listen, I hate to say it, but Social Security and Medicaid and Medicare are going to bankrupt the country. If you're 55 and older, I get it. They, you planned your lives around this. You paid into the program. It's not your fault they screwed up. We should leave those people alone. You know, At this point, it's going to screw up more than when you'd put them in a really bad spot. 55 and younger, the program's got to go. We just don't have the money. Would those pass? I don't think Republicans have the guts to make any of those pass. Those are my top three. Country change tomorrow. Next one. Hey, Dan, since this is a business question, have Paula and you all thought about a challenge coin and donating the profits to veterans who need assistance? A lot of veterans I know love to show off their coins. I want to see others. M Slate 02. That is a fantastic idea. Miss Paula, I know you listen. We should get on that. I do have a project I'm working on with a charity you know I love, which I'll talk about uh, coming up. I know we've been really delayed on the chum store, the shirts and stuff. It's for a reason. We want to make sure we get it right. And I want to make sure all of our profits go to charity. I don't need to profit from the sale of chum. I want to make sure other people benefit from it. All right. Last one here. Hey, Dan, with you invested in building the parallel economy, have you, this is a great question. Have you or others thought about founding a parallel record company? Popular music is a good gauge on the intellectual and moral condition of a society. At Johnny Vale. Johnny, what a perfectly, a perfectly timed question. I just had this conversation with someone this week. And the answer is we are at the infancy stages. But yes, I am working on this. Music, a music label for free speech, non-woke people. And yes, I have thought about it. Yes. Uh, more on that coming up. Don't miss my show this weekend, Unfiltered. I've got probably our best guest lineup yet. I've got Rand Paul on what he's doing to fight back against this censorship. It's a great interview. It's going to be fantastic, I promise you. I've got Dave Rubin. I've got a panel on this whole Theranos thing. If you've not heard about the Theranos scandal with the blood test, that you are, don't miss the panel. And our best rebuttal yet, a debate with a Democrat on why everybody's leaving blue states for red states. You're not going to want to miss it. Don't miss the show. Thanks for another great week. It's great to be back from vacation. We will see you all on Monday. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.